Brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, March 8th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Hold on here. I got to take a beat, deep breath. How are your your typing fingers feeling this morning? Holy cow. It's uh, a March madness here in the office because there's so many basketball tournaments and scores, and I was trying to get them all typed in when I came in this morning. You got to kind of look around and find everything, but I think I did. Oh, I we think I expect got them all. nothing but the best from you <laughs> every right. day, David. We are so glad. I bring you the latest and the greatest. So, uh, yes, a big day in sports, lots of lots of scores. Shout out to my University of Portland women's basketball team. Hey, congratulations to them. They are amazing. Big win, yes, absolutely. Big win for the Pilots. They defeated Gonzaga yesterday to win the West Coast Conference title. And they are off to the NCAA tournament. So uh, we'll, we'll get into a little more of that. And why it's such a big deal for them, too, because of what's happened a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, was uh, there a big major yeah, worldwide event yeah. a few years ago that messed things up uh, for that, us? That is for sure. And I you know, interviewed, if you want to go back and look at my On The Go podcast, one of the first interviews I did before the college basketball season started, or it was just getting started, was with head coach Michael Meek. Okay. And so you can go back and listen to him talk about the team as they were getting ready for this season. I imagine at that time of the year, he had a whole lot of hope. He saw a lot of potential in that team. Absolutely. And so you can go back, take a listen to that and kind of get a sense of uh, the team. And now they're off to the tournament. Also going to give a shout out to all of the women in my life today. So, uh, you know, because I have obviously my wife, two daughters, and you're kind of the same way. It's International Women's Day. And so it kind of it, you know, recognizes the work that has been done over the years. And so uh, shout out to all of them, because I think of all the things that they have done and over the course of time. And, you know, it, it celebrates the social, economic, political achievements of the women from around mm-hmm. the world. So, you know, recognize them as well today. So to oh. all the women in my life. I celebrate you. I celebrate you. Well, fantastic. I love that. Of course, just yesterday, we were talking about the women, the saints who were listed in the Eucharistic prayer. There you go. Their their contribution to, you know, bringing forward the the gospel message of the Lord, their willingness to put their lives on the line for it also. Oh, I've told this to my daughters. You have strength within you that you have no idea. Yes. God created you a woman, and that's what he gave you, is that inner strength that, yeah, you'll Who's, need it. Who said, I am woman, hear me roar? Uh, not uh, me. That was Helen Reddy, wasn't oh, it? Oh, Helen yeah. Reddy, that's yes. right. <laughs> the late Helen Reddy, yes, sure. in, in her song. But anyway, uh, International Women's Day. So yeah, just a lot going on. I, I just, I was, you know, trying to get all this information together and I think I'm ready and I have my coffee and I was low on coffee too. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, David, it's one of those days. It's already been a day. I think you're ready for dinner and go back to yeah. bed. You've lived a full life no, today. I, I'm ready. And then I drive up here and there's snow on the ground. Okay. This can morning. we address this very <laughs> yes. quickly? It is March. In fact, it is March 8th. 
Yeah. And there is snow on the ground. Not a lot. No. It's not in the road, but the landscaping has a dusting of snow. And I was looking at the weather report. There's a little possibility that some a few flurries uh, yeah. could still come across. It's still pretty cold out. I was kind of surprised when I drove up, and it's like it kind of caught me off guard. It's like, yeah. wait, what? There's, There's snow, snow on the up ground. here. Yeah, of so. course, Sylvan Hill, yeah. we're one of the high points here in the city. So that's if there's going to be snow on the ground, it's, it'll be here first. And by the way, there is a special weather statement this morning from the National <laughs> Weather Service for fog. Oh, we, I, oh I, yeah. yeah. I hit it this yeah. morning when I was coming in a North Vancouver area. Yeah, that low-lying fog visibility is not very far this morning. So be aware of that. If you're in elevation, you'll probably see a little snow, possibly. Maybe a little fog today. And yeah, there you go. And lots of basketball. Okay. <laughs> have, what do you have coming up? Well, David, Catholic Charities USA is concerned for those who are food insecure as SNAP funding comes to an end. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll hear about that. I know I've been hearing about that. Also, it just wouldn't be a legislative session without <laughs> a bill in there to end or to get self-serve gas in Oregon. Oh. You, you know how you, you, you're from Washington, so I, yeah. I, I don't ever even think about yeah. it when I get out to pump my own gas. <laughs> when it comes to mine is when I happen to pump gas uh, on my way home if yeah. I'm low on gas and I go, oh, they're going right. to do this for me. They're I forgot. That's such a treat. <laughs> so anyway, we'll tell you about that proposal. <laughs> we got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here's Dante Schmidt and Victory. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
darkness till you came and rescued me. I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart has found a home. Now your grace is always with me And I'll never be alone That is Dante Schmidt and Victory. It's 7.09 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Wednesday morning as we look at little snowflakes on the ground around us today. So uh, winter's hanging in there. Mm -hmm. So you've got a great interview coming up. I'm really excited about this one. In fact, uh, I have an author, Michael Heinlein, joining us talking about the wonderful Cardinal Francis George in the 90s. He was Archbishop of Portland. That's right. Wasn't here for a long time, no, right? We talk about that, right, too. Just about a year, I, I think so. Anyway, it's coming right up after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Mater Dei Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or materdayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Dei Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, there's stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, 
and the Stations of the Cross of our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.13 at Mater Day Radio. Well, as we mentioned a little earlier here, there is a special weather statement for some fog out there this morning. So uh, be aware of that if you're driving around this morning. A slight chance of a snowflake. We saw a little dusting on the ground out here this morning. Uh, and then about a 40% chance of rain later today, a high of 48 degrees. Showers likely overnight tonight, low of 37. And then more showers for Thursday <laughs> with a high of 48. Currently, it is 34 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 36 degrees at Ascension Parish in Portland. While he spent about seven years in the Pacific Northwest, his time in the 90s as Archbishop of Portland was really brief. But the tenure of Cardinal Francis George was so important to many Catholics here in Oregon. Now, Cardinal Francis George was an exemplary pastor, heroic disciple of Christ. But did you know that he was told as a young man that he'd never be a priest in Chicago because of a physical disability? Well, that's some of what you'll learn and know about the legacy of Cardinal George in a new book titled Glorifying Christ, The Life of Cardinal Francis George. And joining me this morning is the book's author, Michael Heinlein. Michael, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, what an incredible book. And we remember just that brief tenure here for those who were in Oregon and in Portland in the 90s. We remember Bishop George as he was at that time. How did you first become introduced to Cardinal George? Well, I grew up in the uh, northwest uh, Indiana and the Chicago suburbs. So I remember in grade school when Cardinal Bernadine, his predecessor, had died. And the uh, great awaitment of who would be his successor. So everyone was um, in the Chicago media buzzing about uh, the fact that a new Archbishop of Chicago was going to be named. And I remember that because the, the church, at least then, um, and for a long time before that, was so very much part of the Chicago culture and media. And so um, it was a matter of great interest. And so I remember from the moment he was appointed to Chicago in April of 1997. Um, and then I followed Cardinal George through the media. But then as I grew in the faith and uh, had new insights into his uh, ministry and had a real great appreciation for uh, his ability to teach the faith so convincingly and so clearly, um, by the time I was in college, um, I was reading his uh, biweekly column in his archdiocesan newspaper, and just had a real great appreciation for his nuance and and for his ability to think through contemporary questions and issues uh, that affected the lives of believers. So, uh, by the time Cardinal George died in 2015, I was teaching high school theology at the time, and. Uh, I, like so many other people, was was questioning, you know, how can we keep his legacy alive, which is so rich and so uh, beautiful, his his witness as a disciple and as a bishop. And um, so God put me on this path. Uh, it's nothing that I particularly sought out to do. I, I wanted to 
do what I could to make sure that the Cardinal's name and, and uh, witness lived on and thought about some other projects, maybe compiling some of his columns or whatever. But there was a lot of encouragement from people who were close to him um, to write a biography. Mm. And so um, I thought, well, let's start it and see where God leads. And uh, I'm grateful that he's led us here. Oh, we are grateful, too. And we're grateful to have time with you this morning to talk about your new book. It is called Glorifying Christ. It is out by our Sunday visitor. The author is Michael Heinlein, and he is joining us today. Well, as I said in the introduction, I was really surprised because it, it wasn't prominent to me in just seeing pictures of him or seeing speeches that, that Cardinal George was doing, that he suffered from a disability that almost kept him from being a priest, but through his own perseverance, well, we know what happened. So tell us about a young Father George there in the uh, Diocese of Chicago. Yes, uh, well, people may remember sometimes he would fall. I know that people in Yakima, where he had been bishop for five and a half years, remember that. And that was because he had a disability, as you mentioned. He had the effects of polio, which struck him when he was 13 years old. And later in life, he had to start wearing a brace when he was in his 40s um, on his right leg. And so he his balance was off. His gait was off because of the effects of the polio. And there were a lot of other health problems that came with that. But when he was 13 and uh, and was spending several months in the hospital, he was starting to wonder what the future would be because he had his eyes set on priesthood in Chicago. And uh, the way that the system worked in those days was that you, after eighth grade, matriculated to the high school uh, seminary. And uh, so they were willing to accept him as a student, but they told him point blank that he would never be a priest in Chicago because of his disability. And uh, in his own words, uh, which I quote in the book, he said, to heck with you guys, because he knew that the Lord was calling him to be a priest. He felt that call very strongly when he was eight at the time of his first communion. And so, as I say, his eyes were set on it, and he wasn't going to let anybody interfere with what he really felt in his heart the Lord was calling him to. So uh, through a friend, he was connected with a religious congregation, the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, which is a a global missionary order, and they ran a high school seminary outside of St. Louis across the Mississippi River in Belleville, Illinois. And so he made the way his way down there and uh, attended there for several years as a, a high schooler and then first two years of college, and really fell in love with the community and found a home there. And they accepted him uh, when he was in eighth grade. They accepted him to this seminary by simply telling him, if you can walk across the room, you have a future as an oblate priest. And his sister recalled that memory to me with tears in her eyes. And Mm. uh, she really, you know, she saw up close how God worked through her brother's life all through these years and how, you know, her brother's life was a constant yes to the Lord, and he wouldn't let anyone get in his way of saying yes to the Lord. So it was a beautiful memory that she could share that really, uh, you know, underscored the importance of his vocation. Well, as a son of Chicago, he became a priest, served there for years, but then the call came for him to be a bishop. And a bishop, they moved him 
clear across the country to small Yakima, Washington. We know that that's a diocese just on the north side of the river and east side of the state. The diocese with a large migrant farm worker population. Kind of tell us a little bit about those years as he learned to become a bishop and serve those that were really marginalized in society. Yeah, that was a real uh, opportunity for him to live out his oblate vocation. So the oblates are attentive to the poor and attentive to preaching the gospel to the poor. And so he spent his years as an oblate priest, um, you know, kind of immersed in that mission. But most of that time was spent in administration. He had served 12 years as vicar general of the congregation, overseeing some 6,000 priests and brothers around the world. And he traveled to dozens of countries during that time, never stayed in a hotel, always uh, stayed with the local oblate, sometimes sleeping on the floor, you know. Um, But that really prepared him for his time as a bishop of Yakima. Uh, I I would have to say, though, first, uh, that he did not necessarily want the appointment, and he tried to talk the apostolic nuncio out of it and said that he didn't know where Yakima was and he wasn't fit to be a bishop there. But uh, as as they challenged him, uh, his his real vocation as an oblate was to be obedient to the Pope, and so he, he had accepted that position. But then he accepted it with a clean heart and with a, with a, with a loving heart, and he really embraced the local church there, and he really, truly loved it. He always said that Yakima taught him how to be a bishop. Mm. And he really, um, because it was a small diocese, and because it uh, serves, you know, as you say, uh, people who are uh, on the marginalized side of of the church, um, he really was able to uh, exhibit what it meant to be a pastor. And so, by the time he left Yakima after five and a half years, the Yakima Herald Republic, uh, in their kind of farewell piece about him on the on the cover of the newspaper there recalled him as the good bishop. Mm. And that's all he ever wanted to be. He said toward the end of his life, you know, how will people remember me? I just want to be remembered as a good bishop. And that was a man who cared for his people, who spent time with his people, who was available to his people, who listened to his people, and who really had the heart of Christ for them. And uh, I certainly think, you know, that that's what he's remembered for even still today. Oh, absolutely. A good bishop indeed. And that good bishop, well, he came to Portland not too long after that. But I am coming up against my break. Michael, I want to talk more about Cardinal George and as he was Archbishop George when he was here in the Portland area. But I'm coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Absolutely. I'd love it. And it is 724 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend this Wednesday morning, coming up on the third Sunday of Lent already. If you'd like to check out some great Lenten resources, just go to our website right there on the front page. Click on that, and you'll find all of these wonderful Lenten resources, as well as on the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. 
That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio. And will Oregonians get a chance to pump their own gas? Maybe. We'll have the details in the news. And COVID heiress snap funding coming to an end. Catholic Charities, great concern for those who are food insecure. We'll have that story for you right after this. It's Lenten Music by The Thirsting. Come, hold my son. A cold night in Bethlehem No fire to warm her hands She gives birth to the Word made flesh The bread of life she puts in a manger Cries out loud, where is my 
God is the thirsting and come hold my son. It's 731 at Mantra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis says the presence of migrants is an opportunity for human growth, encounter and dialogue between cultures and religions. At his Sunday Angelus address, the Holy Father called for journeys for hope, not turn into journeys of death. EWTN News correspondent Andreas Todhausen has more. Sure. So a week ago, more than 70 refugees died off the Italian coast in a shipwreck. Pope Francis addressed this tragedy in his Angelus prayer last Sunday. And yesterday, Cardinal Powell and the Vatican Secretary of State urged those in power to do more for those fleeing their homeland. It's no secret, Tracy, that Pope Francis is opposed to the current political line of the Italian government when it comes to refugees. While his encounter with Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni has been friendly in tone, we shouldn't make a mistake. The way Italy and many other European countries are dealing with refugees is a matter of concerns to the Vatican. And you know, next week we celebrate the 10th anniversary of Pope Francis's pontificate. And in these 10 years, he made it clear that the Catholic Church is on the side of the marginalized. In the Angelus prayer, the whole... In a statement released by Vatican Secretary of State Cardinal Pietro Perlin, the Holy Father called for welcome and solidarity. Well, it just wouldn't be a legislative session without a bill to allow self-serve gas in Oregon. And this session is no different. The latest proposal would give drivers the option to pump their own gas anywhere in the state, ending a decades-long ban on self-serve gas enforced by only Oregon and, you know, the other state? Uh, no. New Jersey. Oh, really? That's it. That's all. Uh, There are a few stipulations in this new proposal. The bill would require each station to staff half its pumps for customers who are elderly, disabled, or simply don't want to pump their own gas. But it would allow customers the option of filling up on their own instead of waiting for an attendant. Oregon has heard the call for self-serve gas before. Two statewide polls in 2021 showed that more than 60% of Oregonians were in favor of having the option to pump their own gas. Now, in 2022 short session, lawmakers introduced a similar bill that died in-house committee. So, you know... It seems to me like back in the day when you had your option for full service or self-service, weren't the full service... uh, stations or tanks weren't they like a few cents more per gallon yeah i think you're right about that i I think they were a little bit more you know with this new proposal i mean i I, having the option not a bad thing but i gotta tell you if it's pouring down rain out or and it's freezing and it's freezing cold yeah it's a nice one but i'll say this it's faster if you do it yourself yeah that's probably the the upside yeah probably you do a little quicker Well, a pandemic-era program that provided extra payments to Americans who qualify for food stamps ended on March 1st, causing concern for some Catholic advocates about how low-income individuals and families will put food on the table. While 18 states had previously ended the additional SNAP benefits, 32 states, the District of Columbia and U.S. territories, did so March 1st. Now, the average eligible household will lose $95 a month for groceries, according to an analysis by the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. Jane Stenson, Vice President for Food and Nutrition and Poverty Reduction Strategies at Catholic Charities USA, told OSV News that the Department of Agriculture, which manages SNAP, 
stepped up in a major way to help those facing a loss of income or other difficulties during the pandemic. Stenson said that while the increased SNAP benefits were introduced to be temporary boost in a time of crisis, she said, quote, we still have food insecurity pre-COVID. Now, the nutrition experts encourage Catholics to check in with their parishes or dioceses about ways to help those impacted by food insecurity. Well, coming soon to a grocery store near you, Vegan Reese's Candy. That's right. The announcement coming yesterday from the Hershey's Company that has only not only concocted a plant-based peanut butter cup, but also a vegan chocolate Hershey bar with almonds and sea salt. Mm, That sounds good. Instead of using dairy to make the candies, oats are the base of the milk chocolate flavor. The new Reese's variety will be available nationally this month, and the new Hershey bar is arriving in April. Hershey is not uh, not alone, rather, in trying to break into the vegan milk chocolate market. 2021, competitor Nestle introduced a vegan Kit Kat bar. No, no, I've seen that on the I haven't seen that one either. So what sets these products apart is that for years, you would have to turn to dark chocolate for your vegan candy fix. No one was developing a milk chocolate product because of the dairy in the mix. Okay, I will go out on a limb here, David. I've not tried either of them. I'm pretty sure that a vegan Reese's peanut butter cup Gonna taste pretty good. Yeah, I don't even know. If I you don't tell think the that you can tell the difference much of what kind of milk. Yeah, because I'm not really sure that you know when you're talking about a little Reese's. Yeah, that the milk makes a huge difference. Might be a little bit of a texture thing. Could be. That's probably the only place. But I think taste-wise, yeah, it'll be just fine. But a dark chocolate, yeah, peanut butter cup, that sounds just fine to me too. So look for that on your <laughs> store shelves. Well, body-worn cameras are debuting on the vest of Vancouver Police Department officers, police spokesman Kim Knapp said. They arrive after citizens and civil rights groups have for years called for greater police accountability. Patrol officers began the process last month, the first step in a weeks-long rollout. Knapp said she expected non-patrol personnel and others to be outfitted by March 9th. All 220 Sworn staff will be issued a camera. Now, Vancouver's camera rollout stands in contrast to its neighbors here in Portland. OPB reports Portland's police union and city leaders have been at odds over the rules around body-worn cameras for more than a year. Last week, each side sent an arbitrator conflicting proposals on how camera footage can be used. Now, Vancouver police also expects to add cameras to their cars later this year and plans call for a front-facing camera and cameras focus on the backseat passenger. Knapp said supply chain issues, though, are delaying installation to the end of 2023. All right, Salem just rolled theirs out. Did they really? Yeah, several weeks ago, as I okay. recall. Well, in sports, the University of Portland women's basketball team is off to the NCAA tournament after shocking 16th-ranked Gonzaga 64-60 in yesterday's West Coast Conference title game in Las Vegas. Wasn't easy. Pilots had to rally from an 11-point deficit Mm. at the half, but they did, thanks in part to Alex Fowler's 15 Mm -hmm. second-half points. She was shut out in the first half, didn't score a point. Wow. Came back strong in the second half. Uh, Maisie Burnham had 19 points for Portland. Now, this is a very sweet win for the Pilots, who, as you may recall, won the conference tournament back in 2020, was headed to the big dance, 
only to see their dreams dashed when the tournament was canceled due to the pandemic. Ah. So they never got a chance to play in the tournament, but they're going now. So Portland will find out its NCAA seeding and tournament draw at 5 p.m. Sunday when the bracket is announced. Gonzaga, by the way, they'll likely go to the tournament as well as a, as an at-large team. Okay. Because they have a very good record, so they'll probably you'll see the Bulldogs in the tournament as well. Gonzaga men easily defeated St. Mary's 77-51 to last night to win the men's WCC tournament title. Pac-12 men's tournament gets started today in Las Vegas. Oregon State opens against Arizona State. Washington takes on Colorado, and Washington State is going against California, Oregon has a first-round bye. So there you go. Wow. Lots of Exciting. tournament action. And I'll get into the next sports segment. The high school tournament starts uh, today. All right. So like I said, deep into March Madness. Love it. Well, the Lenten season is marked by two very distinct liturgical omissions. Neither the hymn known as the Gloria, the glory to God in the highest song, nor the Alleluia verse sung before the gospel is permitted during the entire 40 days of Lent. But there are a couple of exceptions. Yeah. So why is that? Well, first of all, the Gloria is a hymn that celebrates the coming of the Lord using words from the angels at Christ's birth. The church during Lent returns in spirit to a time when the people of God were in exile, waiting for the Messiah to come and save them. It is a similar season of expectation as is Advent, but instead of awaiting Christ's birth from the womb of Mary, the Christian people await Christ's second birth from the womb of the sepulcher. Now, secondly, following the same spirit of exile, the church joins Moses and the Israelites as they wander in the desert for 40 years. It is a time of agony and purification and one where the faithful join together in saying, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Well, as a result, our focus in Lent is not in rejoicing, but in mourning our sins and looking at those things that prevent us from an authentic relationship with God. So once these are removed through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we are able to rejoice again at Easter. For it is not only Christ's resurrection that we celebrate our rebirth in the Spirit. So the exception to the rule, and it only has to do with the Gloria, David. Right. It says that the Gloria can be sung on a solemnity or high feast day, the Feast of St. Joseph. Oh, yeah. Which is on the 20th this year, and the Annunciation on March 25th. The Gloria can right. be sung. No Gloria during Advent either. Isn't that correct? Uh, oh, I'll have to double check I, that th- one. I think I'm right on that. Yeah. I, I, you're, you're not, yeah, I don't know. You may be talking to the wrong person <laughs> here. But it, it does always kind of throw you off at first. The, like that first Sunday of Lent, it's just like you go right to the first reading. It's like, wait, wait, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's okay, right. No Gloria. And then yeah. the, no Gloria. And then, of course, the, the song, um, Glory and Praise. Right. Right? They, they don't sing the Alleluia verse. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Thursday, at, beginning at 3 o'clock, it's a Catholic Bible study from the, uh, from the Grotto. It's happening live uh, in person at the Grotto Auditorium. Join Father Edgar Benedian for a weekly hour of Bible study, an opportunity to deepen your knowledge about the Word of God in the Sunday readings. It is BYOB, David. Yes. Bring your own Bible. All right. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. 
And Brenda continues her interview on Cardinal George right after the forecast. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying the Memorare to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, almost chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. It is 745 at Mater Day Radio. Special weather statement out there this morning. Dense fog in some areas, so be aware of that if you're hitting the streets this morning. We'll see a high of 48 degrees with a 40% chance of showers. Showers likely tonight, low of 37, and showers likely for Thursday as well with a high of 48. Currently it is 34 degrees at St. Matthew's Catholic Church out in Hillsborough. And 30 degrees at St. Thomas More Newman Center in Eugene. Oh, I'm, I am now continuing. Wonderful conversation with author Michael Heinlein. He has put together a wonderful book. It is published by our Sunday visitor, Glorifying Christ, the Life of Cardinal Francis George. Michael is joining me today because we remember, well, the early years of young Father George and then Bishop George when he spent years in Yakima. Well, from Yakima, he didn't drive too far down the Columbia River Gorge. His next post, Michael, right here in the Archdiocese of Portland. It wasn't very long, but he still had an impact. Tell us a little bit about, well, those 11 months that Archbishop George was with us. Yes, that's right. He was always adamant to point out that even though he was appointed to Chicago 10 months after he was 
uh, in Portland. He stayed another month, and so he was there 11 months, and he uh, really didn't want to leave. He he asked uh, at the time the Apostolic Nuncio to find another candidate because he said, I really don't think this is fair to the good people of the Archdiocese of Portland to lose a bishop again so soon. And he really felt that, uh, you know, he would be able to uh, help the Church by just staying put for a little while. But nonetheless, he was obedient to the call, and he went to Chicago. But those 11 months were filled with uh, a variety of things. Even from the time of his installation in May of 1996, Cardinal George was someone who was outspoken about the issues that people were dealing with at a state level. So we had uh, proposals on abortion and euthanasia on the table in the state of Oregon at that time. And he was very much outspoken in defense of what the Church taught, but what was best for society and what was best uh, you know, for, for humanity, what was the common good. He also had to deal with a, a, a issue of religious freedom in Oregon when a, a confession was taped between oh, a priest of, of the Archdiocese. We know and, Father, uh, yeah, Father Mekaitis yeah. has shared that story well with us. I did not realize that that was during that year that Archbishop George was with us. Yes, that had erupted just before he came, and uh, so he dealt with that and stayed, uh, you know, very supportive of Father Mekaitis during that time and ended up, you know, in, in court during the uh, trial and the follow-up with the appeal and so on. And, uh, yeah, he, he really was a voice and this was a time when religious liberty wasn't thought of as something as threatened as it is today. And so he was kind of, you know, cluing in uh, the bishops throughout the country and even the Holy See about what are the ramifications of this. And uh, that certainly shaped him later on when he became cardinal in Chicago and archbishop uh, there and also president of the U.S. Bishops Conference at the time when he also was dealing with threats of religious liberty kind of under the Obama tenure and the HHS mandate uh, with health care. Oh, well, let's talk a little bit more about that. Michael Heinlein is joining me today. A wonderful new book I think that every family would absolutely enjoy. It is Glorifying Christ, the Life of Cardinal Francis George. Well, while we know and love and understand the impact that Cardinal George had here in the Pacific Northwest, it was really once he was called back to Chicago to take that post where nationally now he was really recognized for his work and as you said also at the USCCB, uh, a, a coming home of a Chicago son for sure. Now tell us a little bit about not only his impact in Chicago, but really how he was able to shape well, American Catholic identity as president of the USCCB. Yeah, so it was really, a, as I said in the book, something like a line out of God's poetry that he was sent back to a place that told him they never wanted him. And uh, so he became archbishop of his hometown, uh, in 1997, became a cardinal the year after that, and, uh, you know, he, he served at a, at a time when uh, the Church was under a variety of uh, pressures. So we had, you know, secularization happening and, and churches having to close, schools having to close, and so on and so forth. But he was very much focused on evangelization, about preparing people uh, for the future, and there's a very famous line of his uh, when he was talking about, um, you know, what's the worst that could happen, someone asked him. And he said, well, I would die in bed. My successor will die uh, in jail. His successor will be a martyr in the public square. But then he said, then his successor will pick up the shards of a broken society 
and restore them as the Church has always done. Hmm. So he was a man who could see things as they were. He had a real handle for where things were going, but he was fundamentally a real disciple, rooted in the truth, a man of hope, who could help us to see, you know, what has happened in the Church's life in the past might happen again, but that's okay, because as long as we have Christ, we'll make it through. And really, if you look at his life, all the struggles and difficulties that he dealt with, he was a man who clearly understood the cross and lived it out and was, you know, enabling those who uh, followed him as as shepherd uh, to embrace the cross and to live it out as well. But he made many contributions as Archbishop of Chicago because he was involved with so many different things nationally and internationally. So you look at the translation of the Roman Missal that we've used for the last 10 or 12 years, uh, he was very instrumental in bringing that about. And then he was vice president and president of the U.S. Bishops Conference. As I had mentioned earlier, it was a time when the Church was dealing with new threats Mm -hmm. to religious liberty that we hadn't really faced before. And he was able to unite the bishops in a way uh, that, that, you know, was very uh, clear in a way that was uh, uh, very important at that time, because you needed to have a united front against a government that was asking us to do things that were against our conscience. And so he was able to do that. It was a very providential time that he was elected to leadership. But as so many bishops told me, he was the one that bishops looked to for answers, for leadership. Whenever he spoke, everyone listened. That doesn't necessarily mean everyone always agreed with him, but he could always speak in a convincing way and could always lead people back to Christ. And so he was a, a real real uh, intellectual. He had two doctorates, uh, but he was a real pastor, too. And he was someone who could always um, focus people around Christ and bring unity around who Christ really was, is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what a beautiful way that you have brought this forward again in your new book. It is called Glorifying Christ, the Life of Cardinal Francis George. Michael, where are people going to be able to pick up a copy for themselves? Well, the book is available through the publisher, osvcatholicbookstore.com, or you can find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or anywhere else books are sold. Oh, fantastic. Well, we encourage our listeners, if you want to get a copy for yourself, maybe walk into one of our wonderful Catholic bookstores. I'm sure they would be able to get a copy for you. Well, if they don't already have them on the shelf. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing a little bit about the life of Cardinal George. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. And again, that is author Michael Heinlein. So the the title of the book, one more time, Glorifying Christ, the Life of Cardinal Francis George. It is out by our Sunday Visitor Press. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to OSV, purchase a copy for yourself. You can find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Okay, get your calendar out. Okay, I've got it right here behind me. Turn to April. Okay. And write down April 17th through the 21st. That is Mater Day Radio's Spring share I know what yeah. I'm doing that week. Just a little over a month away. So if you're on Mater Day Radio's mailing list, 
Yesterday, our spring share letter went out. So watch for that in your mailboxes, probably maybe today, tomorrow, the next couple of days, probably hit your mailbox. So give it a read. And if you'd like to support Mater Day Radio's matching fund, which is so important to our share please consider that. We do appreciate that. If you're on our mailing list, just go to our website. We have all the information on our spring share right there on the front page of the website. The theme this year... For the Spring share I love this. Seek the truth. Perfect. How about that? Yep, I love it. So it is Mater Dei Radio Spring share April 17th through the 21st on our website at materdayradio.com or through the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 7.57 on Mater Day Radio. And a scary flight from Los Angeles to Boston. We'll tell you what happened in the news. And we'll have that story for you. Plus more coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Have you ever known someone who was completely certain about what they wanted to do when they were young? A lot of us probably wish we could have had that kind of clarity. But then again, not all of us are meant to have it. Today's saint, John of God, spent most of his life clueless about what he wanted to do with himself. John was born in Portugal in the year 1495, and his life was a tempestuous one from the beginning. His family, once wealthy and influential, had fallen to poverty by the time he was born. He disappeared at the age of eight, separated from his family by an incident whose details are now unknown to history. The boy found himself homeless in a city in Spain, and he was eventually taken in by a man who gave him work as a shepherd. John went back and forth between 
soldiering and shepherding until he was 40. It was around this time that he started to look back on his life and he found himself extremely dissatisfied with it. When he was 43 and living in Granada, he was given the chance to see St. John of Avila, who was passing through the area. John, incredibly moved by the saint's sermon, suffered a kind of breakdown. He began beating his chest and begging desperately for forgiveness for his sins. He gave away all of his possessions and began wandering through the streets behaving wildly until he was eventually detained and taken to an asylum. During this period, he was visited twice by St. John of Avila. During his second visit, he counseled John to dedicate himself to something more productive, namely to help the poor. John, who had been in a frenzy up to this point, was instantly pacified by the words of the saint, to the shock and astonishment of the asylum keepers. Upon his release, John immediately set to work, selling wood to earn money to feed the poor. In short order, he was able to rent a space to use as a shelter for the sick and the needy. He carried out his operation so enthusiastically and achieved such impressive results that he quickly made a name for himself in the city. These efforts were the beginning of what would eventually become the Hospitaller Order of St. John of God. Eventually, John hit his limit before long. After 10 years, the fatigue of his zealous service to the poor began to make him ill. He did his best to hide his ailment and continued his work, but was eventually too sick to continue. He was forcibly moved to a place where he could rest, all the while complaining that while Jesus drank gall upon the cross, he, a lowly sinner, was being given good food. John of God was at last claimed by his illness on his birthday. He died kneeling before the altar at precisely 55 years old, and the entirety of Granada was present to honor him at his funeral. He was later canonized in 1690 and named patron saint of hospitals and the sick. John's example is so inspiring, not just because of how much he accomplished, but because of the dramatic changes he made to his life. He went from self-interest to utter selflessness, from madness to clarity of purpose, all in his last 15 years. He shows us that even if we make lots of mistakes, it's never too late to turn things around. St. John of God, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Lenten resources, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, Pope Francis said Wednesday that there is no option to be passive subjects when it comes to evangelization because every baptized Catholic has a mission to actively proclaim the gospel. Now, in his weekly Wednesday audience in St. Peter's Square, Pope Francis encouraged Catholics to reflect on the Second Vatican Council's decree on missionary activity, to which he said it reminds us that it is the task of the church to continue the mission of Christ, who was sent to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, Pope Francis added that preaching the gospel should be done in community and should never be a solitary or individualistic task independent of the church. Now, the live stream address was the seventh in Pope Francis' cycle on catechesis on the passion for evangelization. And David, it was the first general papal audience held outdoors really? for 2023. They are back outside. How was the weather? Uh, mild. Okay, yes, it was mild. A scary incident on a flight from Los Angeles to Boston on Monday. A Massachusetts man was arrested for allegedly attempting to stab a flight attendant in the neck. 
with a broken metal spoon after trying to open an emergency exit door, according to the Justice Department. It happened on a United Airlines flight when an alarm alerted the flight crew that a door in the plane had been disarmed and its handle pushed out of the fully locked position. When a flight attendant questioned a man near the door about the security breach, the man got out of his seat and attacked the crew member with the makeshift weapon. Passengers tackled the assailant, and the flight was able to land safely without any injuries. Once on the ground, authorities arrested 33-year-old Francisco Torres. Torres told investigators he was trying to defend himself and tried to stab the flight attendant because he believed they were trying to kill him. Oh, my. That's a scary incident. How frightening. Yeah. And wonderful that those passengers yeah, got, yeah. To, got things settled down quickly. No doubt. Well, students, faculty, staff, and others who attend the traditional Latin Mass at Franciscan University in Steubenville will need to venture off campus to worship following their bishop's decision to ban the campus's monthly celebration. But Bishop Jeffrey Monforton of the Diocese of Steubenville, Ohio, ordered an immediate end to the Latin Mass on Franciscan University campus. Now, a spokesman for the diocese told Catholic News Agency that the Diocese of Steubenville is seeking to meet the pastoral needs of the faithful in accord with the norms, including the recent in- rescript issued by the Holy See. Now, the Latin Mass will still be offered weekly at St. Peter's Church in Steubenville, which is a parish church about one mile from campus. The parish offers the Latin Mass weekly, which includes a high Mass usually once per month on the first Sunday. Now, even though the campus Latin Mass is canceled, the Latin Mass at St. Peter's will be allowed to continue while the bishop seeks a formal dispensation from the Vatican for that church. Well, U.S. auto safety regulators have opened an investigation into Tesla's Model Y SUV after getting two complaints that the steering wheels came off while being driven. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says the probe covers an estimated 120,000 vehicles from the 2023 model year. The agency says in both cases, the Model Ys were delivered to customers with a missing bolt that holds the wheel to the steering column. A friction fit held the steering wheel on, but they separated when force was exerted while the SUV was being driven. The agency said in documents Wednesday that both incidents happened while the SUVs had low mileage on them. Since January of 2022, Tesla has had 20 recalls, including one from January of last year for full self-driving vehicles being programmed to run stop signs at slow speeds. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Good. Don't yeah. want to lose that steering wheel. My son is always after me to put a new steering wheel on my car. Really? Something carbide? Mm-hmm. I don't know oh, what that yeah, means. Right. He goes, look, Mom, look. And I go, I like my <laughs> steering wheel just fine. It works perfectly. I love my steering wheel because it's you can pu- pu- uh, punch a button and it's heated. Does it warm my? Oh, oh that's mine so doesn't nice. do that. Yeah. Wow. Fancy. Well, Oregon lawmakers are considering legislation that would prepare Oregon's fairgrounds for use as evacuation sites. House Bill 2948 would provide $20 million in grants to improve power, water, and internet infrastructure at fairgrounds, which have sometimes been used to shelter people while fleeing wildfires. State Representative Charlie Conrad is chief sponsor of the bill. Conrad said the grants would most help rural sites that are publicly owned and lacking funding from their counties. 
He hopes the state will be able to distribute the money starting this summer. A hearing for the bill, though, has not yet been scheduled. You think about how helpful that would be oh, to yeah. really set these places up so that way, because it seems like more and more people are displaced during devastating fires during the summer. Yeah, and think about fairgrounds. They have a lot of open space, you, open you know, space, typically. Sure. Yeah. I'd suggest also putting in some uh, RV sites, too, because oh. many people have RVs that they can live in right. while they have to uh, evacuate. In sports, the Portland Trailblazers continue their six-game road trip this evening with a tough game at the Boston Celtics. Blazers on a two-game winning streak right now. College baseball on the bluff yesterday. University of Portland fell to the Washington Huskies 6-2 in Corvallis. Oregon State defeated San Diego 9-4. So the state of Oregon girls and boys high school basketball tournaments get underway today. That's the 6A and the 5A tournament. So these are the bigger schools. Both Jesuit and LaSalle Prep are competing in the girls tournament. Jesuit in the 6A, LaSalle Prep in the 5A. In the boys tournament, Central Catholic in the 6A, and LaSalle Prep in the 5A. So the 6A games are scheduled at the University of Portland at the Child Center. The 5A games at Oregon State's Gill Coliseum in Corvallis. Uh, I would suggest if you want to learn more, because they have the brackets, the times that they're playing, the locations, go to the OSAA website. They've got a great website with all of the information there on the on the high school tournaments. And again, wanted to mention the University of Portland women's basketball team going to the NCAA tournament. They beat Gonzaga yesterday 64-60 to to win the WCC title. So a uh, big, big day for them. Well, the Oregon Department of Justice, David, has released the top 10 consumer complaints the Attorney General's office received last year. And for the third year in a row, the top spots go to auto sales and repairs telecommunication, and imposter scams. How you like that? All right, yeah. <laughs> now, new on the list, though, this year, towing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, towing makes an appearance on the list for the first time with a total of 190 complaints. Now, the complaints were lodged against various companies last year for illegal or predatory towing. Also on the list, financial lending, travel services, and real estate. Hmm. So uh, one that's always been on there, though, is, like I said, that telecommunication and imposter scam. You know, those are always people calling for things. And oh, so right. along with that, they submitted this list about ways that you can tell that if it is a scammer. Okay. Here's some things that they said. Sure. Sign said it's a scam. The scammer contacts you out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scammers claim there's an emergency. The scammer says... They'll ask for all your personal information. Right. The scammer wants you to wire money to them. <laughs> right. Scammers tell you, keep it a secret. Sure, don't, don't need tell to tell anybody. anybody. Yeah. And scammers, well, they make it sound too good yep. to be true. That's always been the key one. I've talked to uh, officials before about that. And their bottom line was, if it sounds like it's too good to be true, it, it usually is. is. Yeah. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up this Saturday begins at 8 o'clock a.m. It is a Holy Mass for Life in Portland happening at Holy Rosary Church. Now join the Order of Preachers in celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in support 
of the 40 Days for Life. And remember, you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, matzerdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, you ready for a good St. Patrick's Day party? Yes. All right, it's coming right up. Uh, Eugene, that's going to be the place to be for a very good cause. That's our interview coming up after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is looking for a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, psychologist, or licensed clinical social worker who is passionate about their mission of respecting the dignity of each person, mind, body, and spirit. If you or someone you know is looking to make a difference, please contact Holy Family Catholic Clinic by sending an email to info at holyfamilyclinic.com. At Mater Dei Radio, everything we do is meant to illuminate the truth of Christ. From starting the day with David and Brenda on the morning blend to closing the night with the mysteries of the rosary, we're devoted to leading souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Mark your calendar for April 17th through 21st as we seek the truth during Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Spring share It's going to be a week of joyful celebration and you can be a big part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a deep impact on Mater Dei Radio's success in April by providing a strong incentive for our share listeners to match your prayerful giving. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and seek the truth during our 2023 Spring share at Mater Dei Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 8.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, you can expect some cold temperatures and low-flying fog across the region this morning. So if you're heading out the door, give yourself a little extra time as the show's been going on, David. We've been watching the oh, fog really slowly foggy. lift yeah. up here on Sylvan Hill. Now Wednesday brings another rainy day and for elevations above 500 feet could see a passing snow flurry this morning. Daytime temperatures will eventually warm to the mid to upper 40s. Showers going to continue on and off late in the day and into the evening. Lows dip overnight into the mid 30s. 
It's about a 60% chance of rain for Thursday. Highs in the lower 40s. All right, it is 34 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem. And it is 35 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. Well, do you have any plans for St. Patrick's Day? That's coming up Friday, March 17th, so just around the corner. If you live in the Eugene-Springfield area, mark this on your calendar. The Irish Echo Group returns to Marist High School for its annual celebration to support the important work of Catholic Community Services of Lane County. To give us a preview of the fun event is the Development Director of Catholic Charities, their community Catholic Community Services of Lane County. That would be Stephanie Roybel. Good morning, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, David. Great to hear from you. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I was looking at your website and the news release that you sent out on this, and I love what you say. It is the best St. Patrick's Day party in town. I like that. That sounds like a fun time. Well, I hope so. Um, The Irish Echo has been together for over 40 years. They're a group of friends that love to get together and sing traditional Irish music, and they do cover songs from the 60s and 70s. And they've been raising uh, money for Catholic Community Services for quite some time. Um, We had a few little bumps there along during COVID, but we are back, and uh, it's going to be a great night. It's Friday, March 17th. And doors open at 5.30. There's a uh, corned beef and cabbage buffet and um, a cash bar. So there's music, dancing, and just a really great community builder. Man, you're getting me hungry because I'm reading <laughs> the uh, <laughs> on your website. Corned beef and cabbage, potatoes, so- soda bread, and soup. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. That sounds so good. And I'm sure yep. some, some beverages thrown in as well. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, I remember we talked about this uh, a while back during the pandemic. And didn't you do this? You had to do it virtually one year, as I recall. We did. Uh, One year it was canceled completely. Another year they uh, recorded a session that we showed over our website and people were able to enjoy it online. Last year we uh, gathered at St. Paul's in town, but this year we're back strong at Marist where we can fit more people in and and. People traditionally know that that's the location. Right. How, how, long did, how long did you say this has been going on now? Well, the band has been together for over 40 years. Wow. Uh, the fundraiser goes, um, I'm guessing at least 10. Yeah. Um, they said long before I started working at CCS. So, um, And one of the band members is uh, actually my predecessor at, at Catholic Community Services, Jerry Reagan. He used to be the development director and He's a member of the band, um, but the band is is represented by people from all over Eugene, Springfield, and some people that have moved up to Portland. So right. um, it's it's a great uh, get together for them, uh, for their friends and family, for our community, and it's a great way to raise funds for our work. Yeah, no, that that is fantastic. Again, that is on St. Patrick's Day, Friday, March seventeenth. So tell folks about tickets. Yes. So the easiest way to get tickets is on our website at ccslc.org. You can buy individual tickets for $35. You can purchase a whole table of eight seats if you like and invite your friends to join you. Uh, It's all right there on the website. And if you don't like um, using your credit card, you can give me a call at CCS, and that's 541-345-3628. All right, fantastic. And again, sounds like, man, that'd be great to get a group of people together and get a table. What a fun evening. Yeah, and seats are going, um, we are almost, you know, I would say we have about 20 to 30 seats left. Um, We are really close to selling out. 
so if this is something that you want to do and you're in the area, act quickly today because the seats might be gone in the next couple of days. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking right now, given that. Yeah. Given that. Again, we're speaking with Stephanie Roybel. She is the Development Director at Catholic Community Services of Lane County on their big event coming up, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, Marist High School for Irish Echo, the band there, great dinner in store. Tell our folks, too, about how you'll use some of the funds that are raised. Absolutely. Um, so all funds that are raised will go into um, our work to prevent homelessness. Um, we work to help keep people in their homes by helping them fill the gaps with food and other immediate needs, utility assistance, rent assistance. Um, we really want to make sure that people stay in their homes and don't have to go through the process of getting rehoused. Because once a person lose their, loses their home, it can be really difficult to get back into housing in our area. Um, so we take a lot of pride in helping keep people in their homes. And, you know, funds also go towards just building a, a stronger community. Um, it supports um, programs like Oasis uh, for Families in Springfield and our Refugee and Immigrant Services Program, which is just exploding uh, in terms of uh, its growth and service to the community. Right. And I know, too, obviously still in the winter months, how has the winter been going for Catholic Community Services of Lane County? How's the need been? Um, so the families that normally come to us for shelter for cold weather, um, you know, they've needed to come to us a lot more frequently than in years past. Uh, so we've actually depleted our funds in terms of uh, giving emergency shelter to families. Uh, we had a little... Um, emergency fundraiser in January, and the community stepped up and was super supportive, and we've actually used all of those funds towards motel shelter for for families. So um, unfortunately, we don't uh, have the ability to do anything right now, um, but it's, you know that's one of those things sure. that we do. We can. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just I guess it sh- shows you, too, just how great the need is right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it snowed probably six times in the last couple of weeks mm. here down in Eugene. So, um, you know, the, the winter has been really unexpected this year. And the freezing temperatures came very early this winter. Right. That's very true. Tell our folks, too, what other things you need, uh, items, food items, uh, clothing items. What are some of the donations you're looking for? Well, typically people donate food and clothing or hygiene products. Those are sort of the three basic things that we always welcome. Um, But if you were to say a wish list, um, you know, our families uh, could often, when they get housed, um, our case managers love to put together little starter kits for them with kitchen towels and sponges and soaps and little things to get started in the person's home. Um, So if a person wanted to donate you know, home starter items, that's always helpful. Um, and then off the top of my head, the larger wish list items, I, I can't think of those at the moment. Sure. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you've got a great website, too. So you've got all yeah. the information on the website there as far as your needs. And tell folks, too, your locations in the Eugene Springfield area. So Springfield, we are at the corner of 10th and G, 1025 G Street. And Eugene, we are on 6th at 1464 uh, 6th. And um, actually, both the Eugene and Springfield food pantries are in need of volunteers at this time. So oh, great. Been, if anyone's been thinking about a good use of their mornings, yeah. I think particularly Friday mornings, um, the need for volunteers in the pantries is um, pretty strong right now. 
Very good. Again, she is Stephanie Roybel. She is the Development Director for Catholic Community Services of Lane County. They have their big event coming up on St. Patrick's evening. That's March 17th. About a week from uh, this coming Friday is when it is. You can go online to get tickets. Again, your website address. ccslc.org. All right, and we'll also have that on the Day Radio Community Calendar for information. Stephanie, always great to talk with you. Have a wonderful event, St. Patrick's Day. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. All right, God bless. You too. And it is 8.22 here at Mater Day Radio. You know, they never stop working no. in, in providing for those in need. It is their mission. And so what a wonderful event to, to be able to help them in that mission. Of course, also a great way to celebrate St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, and just great fellowship to get together with people and to do that. Absolutely. Well, you know where you're going to be able to also find details on that event? That's the community calendar. It's a great place to go online if you want to find a special event like the one that Stephanie was just talking about or even a wonderful Lenten retreat. There are day retreats and weekend long retreats that will really help you dive into this Lenten season, draw you closer to the Lord. In fact, if your parish or ministry has a special event coming up for this Lenten season, you want to invite the community to join in. Well, please let us know. Deborah will work as quickly as possible to get that on. But really, to give people enough time, you want to have it in at least, well, three to four weeks ahead of your event, so that way people can get it on their calendar. And as Stephanie said, too, their event at Marist High School on St. Patrick's Day, tickets going fast. Yes. So if you want to go, as she was saying, like the next day or two, you better hop on it. Absolutely. So you can get all the information. Again, the link to what Stephanie was talking about will also be on the podcast. Look it up on the community calendar. You're going to find it on the uh, Mater Dei Radio webpage at materdayradio.com. You're also going to be able to access that calendar on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. When it comes to the death of a loved one, who do you turn to? I'm Maria Lee, a cemetery counselor with Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Our cemeteries have served Catholic families since 1888. In 2017, we added a full-service funeral home with on-site cremation, so we're even more prepared to help when a death occurs. When you choose us as your funeral home, you do so with the assurance that you're working with a Catholic funeral home owned and operated by the Archdiocese of Portland. And when the time comes for burial, Know that we serve all cemeteries in the area, including our Catholic cemeteries located on both the east and west sides of Portland, where we offer traditional, cremation, and green burial options. For more information, please visit our website at ccpdxor.com. We are Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services, compassionate in pastoral care. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. 
with a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. I am Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio. What a day for the lady pilots. We'll have the story for you in the news. And COVID-era SNAP funding coming to an end. Catholic Charities USA, great concern for those who are food insecure. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in the news. Here is Sarah Hart with joy in these bones. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
Sarah, Sarah Hart, and Joy in These Bones. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis says the presence of migrant is an opportunity for human growth, encounter, and dialogue between cultures and religions. At his Sunday Angelus address, the Holy Father called for journeys of hope not be turned into journeys of death. EWTN Nightly News correspondent Andreas Todhausen has more. Sure. So a week ago, more than 70 refugees died off the Italian coast in a shipwreck. Pope Francis addressed this tragedy in his Angelus prayer last Sunday. And yesterday, Cardinal Powell and the Vatican Secretary of State urged those in power to do more for those fleeing their homeland. It's no secret, Tracy, that Pope Francis is opposed to the current political line of the Italian government when it comes to refugees. While his encounter with Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney has been friendly in tone, we shouldn't make a mistake. The way Italy and many other European countries are dealing with refugees is a matter of concerns to the Vatican. And you know, next week we celebrate the 10th anniversary of Pope Francis's pontificate. And in these 10 years, he made it clear that the Catholic Church is on the side of the marginalized. In a statement released by Vatican Secretary of State Cardinal Pietro Perlin, the Holy Father called for welcome and solidarity. Well, it just wouldn't be a legislative session without a bill to allow self-serve gas in Oregon. And this session, no different. The latest proposal would give drivers the option to pump their own gas anywhere in the state, ending a decades-long ban on self-serve gas enforced by only Oregon and New Jersey. Now, there are a few stipulations in the new proposal. The bill would require each station to staff half its pumps for customers who are elderly, disabled, or simply just don't want to pump their own gas. But it would allow customers the option of filling up on their own instead of waiting for an attendant. Oregon has heard the call for self-serve gas before. Two statewide polls in 2021 showed that more than 60% of Oregonians were in favor of having the option to pump their own gas. In 2022, short session, lawmakers introduced a similar bill that died in the House committee. I remember one time driving down to California and we pulled into a gas station and I'm waiting. Waiting. Hey, waiting. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Get out, Get David. Out. And Pump you, that gas. And then if you're not used to it, you got to figure it all out. You it's know, like, you just. Let me see here. What do I have to do? You just have to be like me. I think I taught the kids as early as possible to pump the gas for me. So yeah. that way I just pull in and I said, go pump Get my out gas there for mom. And do it. There you go. Well, a pandemic era program that provided extra payments to Americans who qualify for food stamps ended on March 1st, causing concern for some Catholic advocates about how low income individuals and families put food on the table. While 18 states had previously ended the additional SNAP benefits, 32 states, the District of Columbia and U.S. territories did so March 1st. And the average eligible household will lose $95 a month for groceries, according to an analysis by the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. Jane Stenson, Vice President for Food and Nutrition and Poverty Reduction Strategies at Catholic Charities of Oregon, told OSV News that the Department of Agriculture, which manages SNAP, step up in a major way to help those facing a loss of income or other difficulties during the pandemic. Stenson said while the increased SNAP benefits were intended to be a temporary boost in a time of crisis, she said we still had food insecurity pre-COVID. Nutrition experts encourage Catholics to check in with their parishes or dioceses about ways to help those impacted by food insecurity. 
Uh, let me just take a time out here. I know what you to mention. <laughs> What's that? I, I don't know how often I've ever seen this before, but I'm looking out the window. It's super foggy and snowing. And snowing. And snowing. Both are coming down <laughs> right now on Sylvan Hill. Okay. Please <laughs> Drive be cautious. Absolutely. Well, coming soon to a grocery store near you, Vegan Reese's Candy. That's right. The announcement coming yesterday from the Hershey Company that has not only concocted a plant-based peanut butter cup, but also a vegan chocolate Hershey bar with almonds and sea salt. Now, instead of using dairy to make the candies, Oats are the base of the milk chocolate flavor. Now, the new Reese's variety will be available nationally this month, and the new Hershey bar is arriving in April. Hershey is not alone in trying to break into the vegan chocolate market. In 2021, competitor Nestle introduced the vegan Kit Kat bar. How about that? Yum. Give me a break. Uh, I don't know if I've seen that. But it's, I've not it's seen out there. any of them, but yeah. I would eat one. I would try oh, one. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think that you would probably not notice the difference in the taste at all. Yeah. That's so, my guess. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. What sets these products apart is that for years you would have to turn to dark chocolate, which doesn't have milk in it. And so that would be you could get have basically vegan chocolate if you're eating dark chocolate for the most part. Uh, no one was developing a milk chocolate product because of the dairy in the mix. But now, have you ever had oat milk? Uh, I don't say I don't know that I have. I've had almond milk. Yeah, so kind of the same thing. It's a thing. great, it's yeah. a great uh, option. So, okay, if I have to have it with dark chocolate too, yeah, uh, I'll volunteer for everyone else. There you go. Well, body-worn cameras are debuting on the vests of Vancouver Police Department officers. Spokesperson Kim Knapp said, now they arrive after citizens and civil rights groups have for years called for greater police accountability. Now, patrol officers began the process late last month, Knapp said. It's the first step in a week's-long rollout. Now, they are expected that non-patrol personnel and others to be outfitted by March 9th. All 220 sworn staff will be issued a camera. Vancouver's camera rollout stands in contrast to well, neighbors here in Portland. OPB reports Portland's police union and city leaders have been at odds over the rules around body-worn cameras for more than a year. In fact, late last week, each side sent an arbitrator conflicting proposals on how camera footage can be used. Vancouver police also expect to add cameras to their cars later this year. Plans call for front-facing cameras and cameras focus on backseat passengers. Knapp said supply issues are delaying the installation to 2023. And in sports, the University of Portland women's basketball team is off to the NCAA tournament after shocking 16th-ranked Gonzaga 64-60 in yesterday's West Coast Conference title game in Las Vegas. Wasn't easy. Pilots had to rally from an 11-point halftime deficit, but that they did thanks in part to Alex Fowler's 15 second-half points after she was shut out in the first half. Macy Burnham had 19 points for Portland. Now, this is a sweet win for the Pilots, who, as you may recall, won the conference tournament in 2020 and was headed to the big dance only to see their dreams dashed when the tournament was canceled due to the pandemic. 
So this time they're going. Uh, Michael Meek, their head coach, has just done a fantastic job. And I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I had him on our my one yes. of my first podcasts before the season got started, so you can go back and listen to that. So Portland will find out its NCAA seeding and tournament draw at 5 p.m. Sunday when the bracket is announced. Gonzaga likely to get into the tournament as an at-large selection as well. They have a very good record. Gonzaga men easily defeated St. Mary's 77-51 last night to win the men's tournament of the WCC. Pac-12 men's tournament gets started today in Las Vegas. Oregon State opens against Arizona State. Washington takes on Colorado and Washington State versus California. Oregon has a first round bye. You know, going back to the University of Portland women's team. So today, we mentioned this earlier, is International Women's Day celebrating the achievement of women. Women's college basketball, what an incredible growth. Oh, for sure. I, so widely popular oh, now. I remember there was a time, you know, you'd lucky if you'd get a couple hundred fans in the stands. Now there are many women's teams, schools across the country, outdraw uh-huh. the men's teams. Really? Yeah. I they want to watch them win. It's become so popular. Big tournament. So anyway, congratulations again to the pilots. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up this Saturday at 9 a.m., it is a Lenten Day retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher happening at St. Edward's Parish in Kaiser. In this retreat, Father Timothy Gallagher will explore the 14 rules and guidelines of St. Ignatius of Loyola for overcoming spiritual discouragement and apply them to our experience through concrete examples. There is a free will offering for admission, a sack lunch available for $8. Remember, you can find details on these and other events, head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So Mary and Marston, blazing the trail, going to join us next. We'll talk Lent right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 28. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hi, friends. Pat Padley from Spokeshoot Media here, and we're going to just take a moment and pause and release everything to Jesus and ask him to meet us here today. And so you just begin by saying, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you now. We're going to tune in to how you're feeling. What are your emotions? Are you angry, stressed, excited? already racing at you to demand your attention and grab your soul. Those are the things we want to release right now. And so we'll just take a moment, Lord, and we give it all to you, God. Lord, we give it all to you. Restore my soul. Lord, I want to take your yoke upon me, Jesus, not the yoke of the world or my calendar, not the yoke of the enemy, only you, Lord. 
only your love. Restore our union and breathe your life into me, God. Meet me here today. Restore me, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We encourage you to schedule a specific time in your day for silence. Whatever you need to do, wherever you need to go, to give space to listen for the Lord. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Modern Day Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at MontredayRadio.com. That's MontredayRadio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Monterey Radio. It is 8.43 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, snow flurries <laughs> blowing across Sylvan Hill right now. It's kind of a foggy morning, too, so please give yourself some extra time. Now, this t- uh, today brings about another snowy or rainy day by this afternoon. Daytime temperatures eventually warm to the mid-40s, and then shower continues off and on through the day and into the night. Lows dip to the mid-30s overnight, then about a 60% chance of rain for Thursday highs in the lower 40s. And it's 36 degrees at St. Edward Church in North Plains. And it is 36 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. Well, she is the host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening at 7.30 right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. And the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard, we welcome Miriam Marston. Good morning, Miriam. Good morning, David. It's great to be on with you all. Well, it's always great to talk with you, and uh, here we are in Lent, in March, off to the Lenten start. Oh, Lent is going great so far. It's one of those seasons, you know, a week or so in, two weeks in, and it's like the new year. Like, you know, I remember when we talked, David, about not wanting to do everything for a new year resolution, and I find myself with a similar attitude in Lent, yeah. that you know, what is the Lord really asking me to focus on? And let me not get caught up in a very long to-do list, but really let the to-do list, the work of the Holy Spirit be what needs to happen. It's good to kind of examine, okay, where am I in Lent? And what's the Lord really, uh, yeah, wanting to do in my life at this time? So do you do anything like you have New Year's resolutions? Do Mm -hmm. you do anything for Lent? Yeah, I mean, sort of the the classic, like, hey, maybe giving up sweets and snacks and things like that. You know, David, one thing I am doing different, and it sounds like a small thing, but I I turned my phone to grayscale. Um, So it's all in black and white. And uh, so it's just just a little bit different, but getting me to look forward to uh, Easter when I can get that splash of color on my phone. (laughs) But the idea is is to sort of limit the attachment that I have to uh, a device, you know. Um, So, yeah something a little bit different. No, that's a great idea. I never thought about that, but that, yeah. that's, that's a pretty cool way to do it and uh, kind of look forward to then, you know, 40 days and, and mm-hmm. see how it goes. And uh, we all make that journey. Well, of course, you're the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church, as I mentioned. So what are you doing right now as you move through the season of Lent? Yeah, great question. So um, 
really the, the focus right now, I continue to the work with our kids who are preparing, of course, for first reconciliation and first communion. Um, but really a big focus right now is uh, working with those men, women, and children who will be baptized at the Easter Vigil. Um, mm-hmm. And not just baptism, but baptism, confirmation, and First Holy Communion. So up until this point, we've been in the period of the catechumenate, um, which we've spent a few months in since last fall. And David, I was reflecting on this because, you know, we began with the rite of acceptance last fall mm-hmm. when the catechumens were asked this question. They, they were asked, what do you ask of God's Church? And they responded with the word faith. And then they're asked, well, what does faith offer you? And they respond, eternal life. Mm. And I was reflecting on that, that I really liked how the journey for them started there with the statement of their desire for eternal life, because this theme of eternal life begins to really come into focus uh, in this season, preparing for the joy of Easter and, of course, the glory of the resurrection, um, the promise, ultimately, of eternal life in the Holy Trinity. So they started there, and now we moved through the catechumenate. They studied the foundations of faith, um, you know, the Trinity, the Church, the Bible, prayer, sacraments. Right. Uh, we've worked to sort of provide a space for them, David, to ask questions, but also to to cultivate um, a habit of listening to how God is speaking to them through all of these various experiences, through attending Mass, uh, hearing God's words through the class, but also, David, through the fellowship um, that's been built around the preparation for coming into the church. Um, And God works through that, too. And that took on a a new dimension for them uh, with just recently when we celebrated the rite of election. Mm -hmm. And so on February 26th, we had the rite of sending um, at St. Anthony's, um, as it would have happened in parishes really across the country, across the world. Um, so we begin at the parish, and the catechumens, David, they, they come forward, and they're signing, they sign their names in the book mm. that is then presented to the bishop later that day at the cathedral during the rite of election. Again, they're making a public statement about their desire to join the church. Right. And to enter into this wonderful family of the mystical body of Christ. And David, I want to add here that I spoke to a few of our parishioners here at the parish in the days following the rite. And so they saw it at the 10 a.m. Mass, and they mentioned to me how inspiring it was um, to see the catechumens take this step and to offer that witness of faith to the rest of the community. And I think, you know, if someone's faith is maybe a little bit stagnant or even lukewarm, it can be a wonderful remedy to to witness the catechumens taking this step because they're expressing a desire to be reborn in Jesus Christ. And so for those in the community like myself, like maybe many of our listeners who were baptized as infants, it's an awesome reminder of our own baptismal identity and what it means to be a son or daughter of God. So I, I just love that they have they show that witness um, at the rite of sending. And then, um, then we did the rite of election at the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Um, and David, you know, this is, for almost all of them, this is the first time they've been to the cathedral. Wow. Um, and they look around, and they see hundreds of people there 
from all around the archdiocese. And, you know, I've been telling them this whole time, you know, you're not alone. Um, There are lots of people, you know, around the globe who are in your shoes, who are preparing for this moment at Easter Vigil. But in that moment, it becomes real. They look around that space and they're like, oh, there is a church outside of St. Anthony's. (laughs) there's, There's a church beyond the church that I've known so far I just, I'm excited that they get to see that and experience it for the first time, that they understand this is a very big community that they are about to enter. So yeah, that was the right of election on February 26th. You know, it strikes me when you say that and the catechumens joining this universal family. And what a feeling that must be. Again, you mentioned about many of us, myself included, being a cradle Catholic, to see that occurring and as a reminder to us that no matter where we go, for the most part, in the world, there are people there with the same faith that we have. We're not alone. Yeah, and that's the word Catholic, right? That it's worldwide, it's universal. And, And again, we can talk about it, David, in our classes and but for them to witness it and for them to feel at home in a space that is not the classroom A or the mm-hmm. St. Anthony Church, I, I want them to, exactly like you said, to feel at home spiritually kind of wherever uh, wherever they go. Yeah. Do you ever talk to people who have gone through the RCI pro, RCIA program who are, quote, graduates, so to speak, and then come back and chat with you later on? You know, a few times, not, you know, I haven't been in this role for very long. True, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, my first year was, was all in COVID, and so we didn't oh. even have these rights, really, uh, to begin with. But this is why I am such a big fan of them, because to be totally honest, that first cohort that I worked with who became Catholic that Easter, I have barely had a chance to talk to them since then, since a couple of years ago. Sure. And, And because so much of our interaction was not personal and it was not again, incarnational in that sense, that there, the connection was, I, I hate to say it, it was kind of weak from the beginning. And that's not to say that God wasn't at work, of course. Oh, sure. was, yeah. His grace is powerful and everything, but in terms of the sense of community, I felt that there was a, there was a lack there. Yeah. And so this is why I really... Um, and just soaking in these experiences where we have these opportunities for fellowship and connection to the wider community. So to your question, I, I've spoken with a few, I guess, quote, graduates right, of yes. RCIA. And in fact, I love having, um, where at all possible, to have folks come back and speak to the current group of catechumens oh, and yeah. members of the elect because they can provide an encouraging testimony saying, hey, I was there not long ago. And let me encourage you as you uh, approach these it, it just crucial uh, spiritual milestones in your own life. Yeah, so this is awesome for you, too, because this is almost a new step in regards to stepping out of the pandemic, and now here you are more face-to-face. So uh, yeah. I love that. 
Yeah, I would say this is the closest to like a normal year. And of course, with even in that, we had some unexpected snow and ice the weekend of the right. And I'm like, oh, Lord, will you just give me just a a wonderful, just normal experience Uh, of this? But we'll get there one day. He's going to make you work for it. I love it. That's awesome. She is Miriam Marston, of course, host of Blazing the Trail, heard every Wednesday evening, 730 on Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app and the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony Catholic Church in Tigard. Miriam, great to talk with you. Great to hear your experiences. And, uh, you know, we just wish you so much joy through this Lenten season. Thank you so much. And yes, if we could all just pray for all of those who will be entering the church at Easter, I would just welcome those prayers from from all of your listeners. Absolutely. You've got it. Well, have a great day. God bless. God bless. And it is 8.54 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, a great way to continue that Lenten journey is through the Hail Mary media app. More than 2,000 people now have downloaded the free app from Mater Day Radio. Great resources there to help you continue your Lenten journey. You can find out the information at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 8.56 at Mater Day Radio and still watching little flakes of snow wafting down over the gardens. We'll <laughs> see if it continues much. We do have a high of 48 degrees today with showers. Low of 37 tonight. More showers likely for tonight and tomorrow with a high of 48. Currently 36 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Matt Marr. All the people said amen. You're listening to The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. You are not alone if you are lonely. When you feel afraid, you're not the only.
is Matt Marr, and all the people say, Amen. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, thank you for joining the Morning Blend on this snowy March 8th. It's, I'm going to go out and make a snowman. I, I really want to get an update from somebody who's down the <laughs> hill. How much if this is actually getting to the valley floor? Are we just seen it up here yeah, uh, on, on our little hilltop. It's not really sticking up here. It's no. the pavement's dry. I mean, not snowy. So there you go. Okay. But it is pretty to look at. It is nice. But it needs to go away. Mm-hmm. Springtime's coming. That is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend. It is a Wednesday. That means Miriam's coming on this evening with Blazing the Trail. Well, we hope you have a very blessed day.